Greetings, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation to this weekly Bible study and reflection for February 23rd, 2022. This podcast marks a milestone. Today's podcast is the 100th episode of my Wednesday Bible Studies and Reflections. I would invite you and encourage you to share this podcast with others. When God's Word is sent out and activated by the Holy Spirit, it certainly does not return empty. Let us begin today in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, grant us to hear your voice, and in hearing your voice to love your word, and in loving your word to do your will. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, today I want to focus on attitude and how important it is in our lives. When I think of attitude, I think of a lot of things, but one thing that really comes to mind is a laminated quote a friend of mine gave me in the past. My friend is currently undergoing treatment for a medical issue. I have been and will continue to pray for his complete recovery going forward. He has maintained a positive attitude throughout his roller coaster journey. I dedicate this podcast episode to him. The quote I referred to is credited to Charles Swindoll. Charles is the author of more than 70 books, most of which are based on his research and preparation for sermons preached each Sunday. In celebration of its 50th anniversary in 2006, Christianity Today produced an article naming Swindoll as one of the top 25 most influential preachers of the past 50 years. Here is his quote, and I quote, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude, to me, is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, the education, the money, than circumstances, than failure, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so, it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes, end quote. So, just what is attitude? In my online thesaurus, there are a few words like attitude. Point of view, view, viewpoint, vantage point, frame of mind, way of thinking, way of looking at things, school of thought, outlook, angle, slant, perspective, reaction, stance, standpoint, position, inclination, orientation, 
and the list goes on and on. So you get the idea. There have been studies done that found folks with positive attitudes tend to live longer lives than those with negative attitudes. That in and of itself ought to be enough to have an attitude change. There are so many more reasons to have a positive attitude than just that, but if longevity is one of the benefits, I'll take it. Our first reading today comes from the book of Numbers chapter 13, verses 26 through 33. And this is a report on the exploration of the promised land. Twelve representatives of the twelve tribes of Israel are sent out. Here is the reading. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw defendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with them said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked, at the, looked the same to them. Our next reading is from Numbers, chapter 14, verses 24 through 30. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua. Because 10 of the 12 spies showed a little faith based on negative reports they gave about the land, they were, in effect, slandering what, had, what they believed God had promised to them. They did not believe that God could help them, and the people were persuaded that it was not possible to take the land. As a result, the entire nation was made to wander in the desert for 40 years until almost the entire generation of men had died. 
Joshua and Caleb were the two spies who brought back a good report and did believe that God would help them succeed. They were the only men from their generation permitted to go into the promised land after the time of wandering. Now we go to the book of Joshua, chapter 5, verse 13, through chapter 6, verse 5. And here is that reading. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priest blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Wow. Joshua's faith and trust in the Lord was evidenced by his attitude. After being on the trip of exploration, he and Caleb could have sided with the majority, but they trusted in God, and that changed their perspective. Fast forward 40 years and Joshua's faith and trust in the Lord was put to the test one more time. The seemingly impenetrable and fortified city of Jericho was certainly not vulnerable to conventional attacks, but because Joshua had faith and trust in the Lord God's will was done and Jericho collapsed. One of the synonyms for attitude is perspective. Randy Alcorn, who has authored quite a few books, among them one titled Heaven, that I highly recommend to you. In his book, Randy speaks of eternal perspective, and I certainly believe Jesus had an eternal perspective. He knew to do his Father's will would have an everlasting eternal effect on everyone who believes in him. I believe there's no better example of Jesus's eternal perspective than that of his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane the day before he would be crucified. This powerful account of Jesus praying in the Garden is included in three of the Gospels. It appears in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I chose the one from Matthew for this reading today. This comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 36 through 42. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, 
My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. That's the end of the reading. Thank you, Jesus, for your attitude toward following your Father's will and the sacrifice you made as a result of your obedience. Thank you, Jesus, for your eternal perspective. I believe we can thank Jesus by having an attitude of gratitude. One final reflection on the importance of attitude. On the instrument panel of every airplane is a device called the attitude indicator. This instrument shows the pilot, even in conditions of rain, fog, or darkness, the airplane's true orientation relative to the horizon. Even if the ground is invisible to the pilot, he or she can know with certainty whether the plane is level or banking, and if the nose of the plane is pitched upward or downward thanks to the attitude indicator. If the nose is pitched upward while power is applied, the, the plane will climb. If downward, the plane descends. The plane's attitude is a key factor in determining whether an airplane goes up or down. And the same is true of you and me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we thank you for your word that is a unified story that leads to your Son, Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and minds to your word and send your Holy Spirit to activate your word in us. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.